Welcome to another episode of the Figure It Out Podcast. I'm Ryan, and today we're going to dive into the notes that I've been keeping over the last year about starting small businesses. So let's get right into it. So like I just said in the intro, I want to talk today about the notes I've been keeping uh, mostly over the last year or so. Um, some of them have extended further than that, uh, but a lot of them have been from the last year or so. Just of thoughts and ideas I've had, mostly like shower thoughts and stuff about small businesses to start. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not jumping into all these right away. It's all stuff that I'm keeping track of on purpose so that when the time comes, I, I have ideas uh, that I came up with in the past to work off of. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll look back at this uh, and see kind of the infancy of an idea um, that I actually act upon. So let's get started. Um, these aren't every single one of the notes I've made, um, but these are the ones that have kind of stuck out to me the most, and actually the ones that I haven't done yet. Some of the notes are just partial notes, um, you know, about this t-shirt uh, kind of business I'm starting that I added notes for. So those aren't going to be included. This is going to be all strictly stuff that I have not done yet. Um so I guess if you're going to steal my ideas, uh, this is the episode to, uh, to jump into. I don't know if they're worth stealing to you or not, um, but I think they're halfway decent and something that I can at least build upon. So, um, so this, uh, this first one actually is something that I did not do, I was planning on doing, but did not do actually in favor for this podcast. So it was a podcast called Know It All. Uh, and basically, at the beginning of quarantine last year, I wanted to start a podcast. That was kind of a, a big thing that I wanted to get started with. I actually bought this microphone that I'm recording off of right now. And I, I was just like, I have way too much time on my hands. I wasn't working because we were all, you know, in quarantine. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to start something. So the one I came up with was called Know It All. And it was basically... Um, me, I, I didn't, didn't do anything for it, but it was going to be me talking about a lot of like the nerdy stuff I, I quote unquote nerd out on. Um, so like a lot, a lot of movie theory that I really, really like. I watch tons of YouTube and that's just the cool stuff. That's kind of like if I had, I guess an escapism, um, on like a daily basis, that's the kind of stuff I'll watch. Um, is just cool theory, just random stuff. Um, you know, I'm not a, a huge conspiracy theorist, but I will, I will watch some of that. Um, in the past, I've watched Jeopardy a lot with my parents. So that was another thing that I'm pretty interested in. Um, so it was that kind of stuff that I wanted to make episodes about. Uh, and I wanted to you know, just get really, really involved in more or less because it was like my, it was like my escapism. So I was like, may as well make a podcast about it. That'd be really cool. And I thought it was a great idea. Um, I think I even came up with like ideas on what to talk about as well. Um, but it just didn't really go anywhere. Um, I didn't, I didn't record any episodes for it. I think I waited like a week or so. And then I realized I was like, you know what? I really, really like flipping. I really like hustling. Um, I really want to get into starting my own businesses. Like maybe I should just create uh, a podcast about that, which is what this is right here. Um, you know, I decided that I would 
try and do figure it out instead of know it all. Um, simply because I, I just, I wanted to talk about what I really, really wanted to do, which was, you know, starting little businesses, hustling, um, flipping stuff, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, I even talk about a little bit of other things too. I talk about college here relatively often cause it's something I'm passionate about as well. Um, a lot of times I talk about it in a negative light, um, but it is something I talk about as well. So back to this idea, um, that was something that I just kind of came up with. It's possible it might be something I'll do in the future, um, so it's just going to sit on that notes list. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm going to jump into the next one. So coffee, wine, and chocolate was the next one. That wasn't like not in that specific order Um who knows what the name could be, but this was just an idea that, um, I came up with, with some family friends, um, including my dad actually. And we were, we were drinking coffee, um, near dinner time and having some like really nice chocolate and they were all drinking wine. And we kind of thought, you know, it'd be a really, really cool idea to combine the three of these because they're, they, they tend to be, you know, three things that people really, really enjoy. Um, and I think coffee, you know, in recent years has become more something that people sit down and enjoy instead of something that, that they, uh, they just drink to get through the day. Um, so that's where, you know, I was thinking maybe something with a subscription where we'll come up with a good combination of, of coffee, wine, and chocolate. As you know, wine has a bunch of different tasting notes and a, there's a bunch of different types. We'd probably be focusing on red wine in this case, um, but coffee actually has double the amount of tasting notes as wine, so that would even more kind of apply to this. Chocolate, I'm not sure if I would want to do some research, but... I know there's a lot of different types of chocolate, so at least that would kind of go into it. We'd be able to choose which one um, goes with which, and then we could send you know a monthly subscription so that people can enjoy that stuff there. Um, I don't really have a bunch of other ideas from that. That was basically it. Uh, but like I said, um, these could be future ideas, so who knows? Uh, the next one, this kind of jumps in into this uh, and the last one because it's both coffee-related, um, and I, I do really, really like coffee. Uh, this one I titled A Coffee Version of Wine Library. So Wine Library is the company that Gary V and, well, it, it was his dad's company, um, which, and it still is, I believe, but he jumped into, um, really, really helped to grow it. Uh, he started like Wine Library TV and, and the whole everything. Um, basically, it's a huge online wine retailer, I, you know, also it's in stores as well. So it's not, it's not just online, but it's both. Um, but one of the big things is that it was one of the early wine, uh, online stores. Um, so the idea behind this, and I know there's a lot of coffee, uh, websites out there that carry a bunch of different types of coffee, which is great. And that's kind of similar to what I want to do, but I would like to focus a little bit more on the smaller, uh, bags. So right now I'm getting an, a subscription from a company called Atlas. Um, I actually got it for Christmas. So thanks mom. Um, but it's a 12 ounce bag that I get once a month. You can get it more often than that. But the issue is, is that I can only finish the 12 ounce bag in about a month. Um, 
I don't drink a, a ton of coffee. I prefer to enjoy that like one cup in the morning and then uh, the rest of the day I you know have other stuff. So I, I, I tend to I tend to only get through that 12 ouncer uh, throughout the month. And I know some people are quicker than others. I know my mom will make like a whole pot of, or not a whole pot, but a, like a half a pot of coffee in the morning. Um, and then maybe even, you know, some sort of coffee drink later on. So she goes through coffee a lot quicker. Um, but for people that, you know, sit down and, and like enjoy that one cup a day and are trying to taste different stuff, I think this is going to be more based around people that are trying to taste coffee um, because I want to, you know, people have the opportunity to get, you know, maybe a six ounce bag instead. And then they only need a bag of coffee every two weeks um, where instead of waiting a full month to try something new, they can try something new every couple of weeks and maybe even something smaller that they can, they can try as well. Um, or even maybe people can have the opportunity to buy three or four different types of coffee in those small increments, and then they won't go bad. Because the main thing about coffee that you'll see that's different about wine is that uh, you really, really want to make sure that you're drinking the coffee relatively soon after the roast date. Um, you know, some people say like two weeks, and and I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, some people will say within the month or two months or, or whatever. Um it depends on the company as well. I know Starbucks does a lot of this like like super sealed packaging that keeps the beans fresh for longer. However, the issue more, at least in my opinion, is that the the freshness of the beans deteriorates as soon as I open the bag. So like so even if it was, you know, roasted a week ago, I open the bag and it's super fresh. But after a week or two weeks, it's not fresh anymore because the bag has been open to air. Um, so, you know, no matter how long you can, you can save a coffee uh, in that vacuum sealed bag, you're not going to be able to just keep vacuum sealing it. I mean, you're not going to put it into like a space bag or something to keep all the air out um, to keep it fresh. That's the problem. So uh, that's where something in a smaller bag uh, I think would be really, really helpful to people that are trying to taste more coffee. Um, as opposed to just slamming it down and, and getting energy from it. So just my thought, I know that one probably had some more, um, some more meat to it than the last few, uh, but I'm pretty passionate about coffee. I like it. And I thought that, that that was an interesting idea. So my next one, um, my next one's interesting. It probably has a similar amount of, of like texture as that last one. Um, but it's completely different. So, um, I've been, you know, I've been reselling for for a little while, and a lot of what I do is I'll end up going to thrift stores, buy stuff, and then sell it online. Um, so in this case, I thought, you know what? Like, what if I started to buy thrift store shirts and print my own logo, my own saying, my own whatever uh, on the shirts and sell those? Um, so you know, starting a website and everything for it, and uh, and. It, this idea kind of has me torn a bit. I, I really love the idea. Um, if you don't know how thrift stores work, they get donations from the public uh, and they sell them using that money that they got from the sales as donations to support uh, their organization. So, um, 
you know, I don't know how much of that money actually goes to the organization. Unfortunately, I would want to do some research and kind of figure out which one I'd be going to. I know Salvation Army is the most popular one in my area. So most likely that one. Um, but the idea there is, is that they're actually, they're actually benefiting a lot from you going there and shopping. Um, however, I know like another viewpoint is, is that me going and buying a bunch of stuff from them is taking away from people that are struggling to afford new clothes. So they're going to thrift stores to get used clothes, um, at a more affordable price. And I, I have no real like, um, argument against that. I totally understand that. Um, and I don't want to take away clothing that, that, um, you know, people who are struggling to afford new clothing, um, can get, but, what I will say um, is that these places have a ridiculous amount of clothes. Um, there's a thrift store uh, closer to the shop that I work at, the bike shop I work at, that they are literally rolling out these insanely huge racks of clothes. And the area that you're actually in for shopping um, seems to me like it's it's between one half and two thirds the actual size of the entire building. Uh, now it is one of those like receiving buildings where they—that's where they receive all the donations. However, they have tons and tons and tons of stuff in the back there. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to be like ignorant to people that um, that you know go to go to thrift stores and and buy their clothes there that they wear and everything, which I've done as well um, because there's a lot of really cool stuff there. However. Um, I will say that me going there and buying, you know, 20 shirts at a time um, wouldn't even close to make a dent um, to what most thrift stores carry there. Um, I've gone to multiple value worlds and I really, really, really struggle to actually get through the racks because they're so tightly packed because they have way too much stuff. Um, so that's where I think I would be able to justify uh, going out and doing that simply because I'm actually bringing revenue, uh, which is essentially a donation uh, to these organizations, which help people out a lot. So I, I think it's a really interesting idea. And I would really, really have to over explain that constantly, that I'm, you know, trying to help, but while also creating my own brand. Um, and I think I can really do that. Well, I just know there's, there's going to be a lot of people that, that may push against it, um, which is a reason to not do it as well. I mean, who knows? Uh, but I do like the idea. Um, I saw actually, I was on TikTok the other day and I saw someone had, uh, someone had purchased a sewing machine, but it was automated. So it was kind of like, um, it, I, I would equate it to like, a 3D printer in that you can get like an app um, that you can actually download whatever you're trying to sew into the item um, and you download it uh, to this app, you send it to the printer and the printer will sew whatever that is into the shirt that you're trying to do it on. So I would want to see uh, if it's an issue to do it on used shirts or not, I can't imagine it would be an issue, but obviously that's, that's part of it. Um, and so the cool thing is, is that, you know, like last week I got a polo track suit that was very, very cool. That would be something that I think would be awesome to, you know, clean up, to print some cool designs on it or something like that, or something maybe related to a brand that I'm doing, um, and selling that online, 
you know, I know I probably wouldn't make a ridiculous amount of money unless I charged a bunch. However, uh, I think it's a really, really cool idea. Uh, I think it's something that, that has a lot of substance and can, can kind of move forward, um, and maybe be something I can do in the future. Uh, so my last idea that's on this list, or at least the, the kind of shortened one that I made here, was studio apartments in Metro Detroit. So the only reason I made this um, was because I have been I've been apartment searching for quite a while. Um, I'm actually living uh, in my friend's home um, and I'm renting out a room. And you know, I've I've just always been kind of on the on the lookout for apartments, especially um, since I you know decided I would move out. So I was like, all right, well, I got to figure out what I'm gonna do. Um, so one of the ideas there um, was was like studio apartments um, in the area, which is very very difficult to find. I know that there's probably plenty of them in like downtown Detroit, but I'm looking more like, you know, Metro Detroit area and there's really not much. Um, there's a few places that have studio apartments, um, but usually they're very, very similar to the price point of a one bedroom. So I'm like, well, the whole idea is that I'm trying to save money. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't really help me out that the studio apartment is like the same, almost the same price, um, as, as the one bedroom. Cause then there's no point in getting the studio anyways. Um, so I thought just an idea, um, you know, building out affordable studio apartments, um, in the Metro Detroit area that aren't in dangerous areas. I know that's, that may be a lot to ask for, uh, but, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the lower price apartments are in problematic places. So, uh, that's where, that's where, you know, maybe figuring out a way to, uh, to put a lot of, a lot of affordable studio apartments somewhere, um, so that people like me who don't have a ton of money to just shell out on, on, you know, big one bedroom apartments, um, can have something that's relatively affordable. So that's just a, a, a random idea that I wrote down actually the other day. Um, just cause I was like, you know what, like maybe this could be a good idea. So, uh, another one that could be a future, future thought, it'd probably be far into the future, but who knows? Uh, but, uh, that was basically all the notes that I wanted to share with you guys. I know that I had more, um, but uh, they're all stuff that I have already done um, or stuff that I've scratched off. So, um, yeah, I think that was everything that I wanted to share. So I'm going to kind of go ahead and, and trail off here and, and get into the outro. So uh, I will see you guys there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Figure It Out podcast. Uh, I'm doing my best to get as many you know episodes out as possible. I've been pretty busy, um, but hopefully I can get uh, get some more out for you guys. So thank you again. <laughs>